contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Glad to have you back. What a great guest I have. Lauren DuVernay-Tardif is a guard for the Kansas City Chiefs. He got a big contract. More importantly, as of Monday, Memorial Day, he is a doctor. He has his medical degree. He went to McGill University in Montreal. He is from Quebec, Canadian, and he, the past eight years, has balanced playing football, working in his scrubs, and being a doctor. He has some fascinating stories of going back and forth and how Andy Reid of the Chiefs supported him throughout. What a great story. You'll hear from him in a second. Lauren DuVernay-Tardif, first NFL player who's active, becoming a doctor. But first, a word from our sponsor this week. It's Omaha Steaks, and it's perfect for Father's Day because what else to get Dad? You gift him an Omaha Steaks Father's Day package, and you'll hear about what an incredible package it is. Omaha Steaks is convenient. It's hand-trimmed, flash-frozen, vacuum-sealed right to your door. It's pork, it's poultry, it's veal, it's lamb, it's bison, it's seafood, etc. Highest quality, full flavor, tenderness for 21-day aging. It also gives you the option to customize your cuts for dad. Whatever he needs, recipes, wine pairings, etc. So right now you can get this limited time offer for my listeners. Just type in Brandt, all caps, B-R-A-N-D-T, when you go to omahasteaks.com. OmahaSteaks.com, type in Brent, and here is what you get, this incredible value. It is two tender filet mignons, four chicken fried steaks, two beefy top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four all-beef Omaha steak burgers, four gourmet jumbo franks, 12 ounces all-beef meatballs, one pound of steakhouse fries, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha steak seasoning packet, and four grill-ready Omaha steaks burgers free. Now, that is a $49.99 cost for what is so much more than that. Go to homoesteaks.com, type brand, all caps, B-R-A-N-D-T, in the search bar. Your Father's Day package will be right to your cart. Don't wait. The offer ends soon. Omahasteaks.com, type brand, all caps, in the search bar. Grab your dad and fire up the grill. Happy Father's Day to Omaha Steaks. Now on to Lauren DuVernay-Tardif, the first NFL player who is active to become a doctor. Enjoy. Ron, you're an impressive guy. I'm sure you're hearing that all week. We're a few days removed from you becoming the first NFL player, active NFL player, to be a doctor. Uh, first of all, before anything else, congratulations on your MD, Dr. Laurent DeVarnay Tardif. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, honestly, I think it was, um, it was a milestone of my, of my young career in the NFL, and I was really... Uh, you know, it was kind of my vision for the past uh, four years uh, to the moment I got drafted in the NFL in 2014. I was kind of like seeing myself graduating while still being an active player for the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, here we go. I just graduated uh, yesterday, and it's uh, it's an awesome feeling. Now, just tell us about your, your background growing up and your interest in medicine and football combined. How did you get into each of those growing up in Canada and where were your priorities and, and in terms of balancing both, which obviously require commitments of incredible time and energy. Yeah. Uh, to, to be honest, like um, back in Canada, football is not as big as in the States. So growing up, I was playing a little bit of everything. You know, I played hockey, I played soccer, I played football, uh, basketball. And then, uh, and then at some point, I just start like liking football uh, more than any other sport. So I, I, I stick with it. And uh, 
and but my main goal, you know, throughout high school was to get the grade in order to get into medical school. And uh, and I, I got into medical school. Uh, that was what in 2010. Um, and and I've been I've been at McGill University back home for the past eight years, and uh, and I've been playing there for four. Uh, so so it's been it's been kind of a challenging story, you know, because uh, there's a lot of people that kept telling me, you know what, you're gonna have to make some choices at some point. You can't do both at the same time. And I kind of always like I'm a little bit stubborn, so I always yeah. tell myself that you know what, if I it's it's not because nobody did it that I can't do it. You know, and my parents were were really like helping me and pushing me into that direction as well. And uh, and, and I went to the dean of medicine at McGill, and I was like, okay, we need to find a solution. And and the faculty was really flexible, and and, uh, and that was for my first four years at McGill. And then I got a chance to. Uh, potentially get drafted in 2014, which was kind of a long shot, you know, for a Canadian player who yeah. played Canadian uh, football. And, uh, and 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 I went down in Tennessee to, to train during the Christmas break. And, and when I came back, I, I went to see the dean one more time and I told him, <laughs> you know what, we need to find a way to build a schedule so I can graduate. Because uh, after all, like, we, we got a limited uh, amount of years that you can you can use in order to complete your curriculum. And for me, it was a, it was a maximum of eight years. So so together we kind of build uh, a preliminary schedule, and uh, and uh, and I was going to graduate, you know, uh, in May 2018, and uh, and we stick to it, and uh, and things went well on the on the football side as well. I just signed an extension last year, so everything kind of went well. But of course, it, it was kind of difficult, but. Uh, but I'm just so glad it's uh, it's over, and and I cannot say that 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 I made it. You know, it, it was my it was my dream, it was my vision, and and uh, and, and I made it uh, yesterday. So it's a, it's an awesome feeling. It's an incredible honor, and I've talked to a lot of people that are successful in business and sports, and I always find that not only is time management an incredible uh, asset that people have, but they they don't seem to be complacent. Obviously, to take on this task of playing professional football and completing medical school is daunting. And a lot of people would look at that and say, now, nah, just wait, or I won't do one of them. But I just, what was your mindset going in, knowing that there'd be time management issues, knowing there'd be loyalties that you have to one that could be sacrificed by the other? Was it all due to working the schedule out with McGill that you felt comfortable with it? And I know I'm asking a lot, but it did seem like Andy Reid was a big part of this too, the coach of the Chiefs. I, I was going to say, like, it, being flexible on, on the medical, medical school side of it was, was huge, but also uh, fr from a Chiefs perspective. I mean, Coach Reid has been so uh, flexible uh, with my schedule, and, and that started, like, in 2014, you know, when I was doing my pre-draft visit, I had a chance to go meet him and Coach Ek, who was my uh, offensive line coach, and uh, and they're one of the only team who told who saw the medical school as a plus, you know, as an advantage. Yeah. You know? A lot of teams were kind of challenging, like, hey, do you really love football? Because you have a strong plan B. So how do we know you're going to commit a hundred percent to the process? You know, and and I felt with Coach Reed, it was kind of the opposite. It was like you got a plan B, you got a career in front of you, and you postpone your graduation by a minimum of a year in order to come here today to meet me, you know? And and, and he said that he was going to do everything in order to accommodate me, uh, and and that's exactly what he did, you know? Every every season, uh, at the end of the season, we have our uh, exit meeting, and he's always asking me, like, Laurent, what's going on? What do you got going on this offseason? And I'm telling him, you know, I got 
one month of uh, psychiatry, two months of emergency medicine, I'm going <laughs> to be rotating in different hospitals, and I'm I'm going to have to report three weeks later for minicamp or or for uh, for OTAs. And he's always like, he trusts me, you know, and 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 I just feel like th- this amount of trust and and just make me more accountable for for the whole team, you know. And and we had that uh, that 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 trust relationship between the two of us, and and I think it's been. Uh, it just worked really well over the past four years. And I, and I'm, I don't think I would have been able to make it that far if it was not for him as well, you know, trying to understand what I wanted to do and, and, and making sure that as a player, I'm also growing as a human and that I'm building my, my, my other passion, which is medicine. It's amazing that the story with Andy, and I know Andy Reid well, and he is someone that just is a, an incredible role model for a lot of people that in terms of just – things never get too tense with him. He's like, you know, we'll deal with it. If it's a problem, we'll deal with it. And he's that way. Everyone can tell from the sideline. Uh, I think the ultimate flatliner, which is a compliment in my mind. And it's such, it's such a uh, refreshing story. You're telling about Andy and coach Heck back in the draft process, because as you know, so well, so many players, these coaches and GMs want them to be quote unquote pure football guys, live, breathe, eat football. Don't think about anything else. And balance is really for other people. So it's really nice so, to hear that. At about the same time, no, absolutely. And, and, but at the same time, you know, for me, like having another passion, which was medicine kind yeah. of, I think it helped me on the football side of thing as well. You know, uh, I think when you're, when you're done, you know, doing your, like playing your season and you go back home and you're starting like clinical rotation and, and you encounter a patient that are going through like really, really tough stuff, you know, it kind of gives you a perspective yeah. on that third and long that you struggle with, you know, and I think it helps you cope better with like the stress level and, and the anxiety that can be related to football. I think when, when you have a perspective on, on other things that are going on, it kind of like really, to me at least, it, it helped me like, like stay grounded and, 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 and be able to play with, with, more like logic and, and less uh, stress and anxiety, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. Can you give us a little bit snippet into your life? <laughs> Are you doing this like from February until uh, June of, of each year, the past four years? And like what you're doing, you talked about rotations and I mean, just talk yeah, about your off season. It's so different than anyone else's off season. Yeah, a little bit, but uh, so, so when I got drafted, I, I had two more years to go into my uh, doc, my 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 doctorate of medicine, and uh, so basically the last two years of the program are clinical rotation. Right. Uh, and instead of instead of uh, doing them like uh, all year round, uh, my deal was that every 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 off season I had to report right after the last game. And some off season, I was starting as early as like three days after the last game. Last year, I had a little bit of a break of a, a couple of weeks before starting back medical school. But uh, I, I would go back home and, and basically just uh, start reading and, and studying. And then a week later, I'll be uh, I'll be doing rounds on patient and starting like new new clinical rotations. So let's say two years ago, I did three months of emergency medicine and one month uh, of anesthesia. And, and and then I, I flew back for OTAs, uh, and then in June, June to July, I actually did another month uh, of anesthesia, doing like OR stuff and, and night shift and calls, and, and and then 
took, I'm always taking like a couple of days off before the start of training camp because <laughs> I think it's really important to get there with the right mindset. Just a couple days. <laughs> Just a couple days. <laughs> well, you know, I was, I was kind of like the the, the more the, the more I, I was playing in the NFL, I think the more the faculty of medicine was kind of understanding the process and yeah. the difficulty of the, the of NFL NFL season. So I would like put all my all my calls, all my my night shift, or all, all my weekends. I would put them at the beginning of the rotation in June. That way, like by the end of July, I would be like. It would things would be a little more quiet, you know, uh, and then I, I would be able to breathe a little bit before training camp because we all know like training camp is a pretty, uh, pretty difficult uh, period <laughs> in the life of a football player. So when you're walking around on these rotations, are you treated any differently because you're a football player? I mean, do people kind of do double takes when they see you walk in <laughs> doing rounds? I mean, tell us about that. Honestly, it really depends. Like, I feel like it depends what medicine you're doing. Like, uh, when I signed my uh, my extension last year uh, in February, uh, I was doing geriatrics medicine. Yeah. Nobody knew about football. Nobody <laughs> recognized you, and it's like you're you're just like any other medical student. And but when you're doing like sport medicine, because I did one month of sport medicine, then of course it's a younger population. People are more into sports, so they recognize you a little more. But but uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I think that your your relationship with your your staff and 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 the nurses and everything is is pretty much the same, you know, because because uh, you got a job to do, and I try to like stay as quiet as possible and 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 just just grind the process and, and learn as much as possible because because the the, the closer you get to like uh, graduation, the the more like responsibility you 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 have on your shoulder in the sense that. It, it's not only a question of like passing the exam now. It's a question of feeling comfortable handling difficult right. cases that can potentially have like bad consequence if you don't, if you're not comfortable, you know. So there, there's a lot of responsibility that comes into play. So you got to make sure that you're on top of your things and that you don't use the the, the football privileges in order to get around, you know. And would you get in your workouts? Well, I mean, these rotations had to be just draining in terms of hours. How would you continue to keep fit and keep strong for football? Hey, it was just uh, that, that's where discipline uh, yeah. <laughs> discipline came into play. Honestly, like when when I'm here in Kansas City, you know, I focus 100 percent on football, and it's uh, it's um, it's easier to you know prioritize uh, when I'm back home. Uh, you never really know when you're gonna get out of an hospital, so so it's uh it's a matter of like finding the right trainer who's gonna be willing to like be really really flexible with your schedule. Sometimes working out early early in the morning or late at night, and kind of like knowing your 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 workload and, and kind of building a, a strength program around it, so that to make sure that that when I show up in Kansas City. I'm, I'm, I can just fit right in, and I'm, I'm, I'm at the same level of, that the other guys are at, you know. So that that for me is is really important, and it's also kind of my way to show, like coach, that that I'm working on on my side, and that uh, I, I'm accountable, you know, for for the privilege you gave me to to stay up uh, in Montreal for a little longer in order to complete my rotation. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive, not only, obviously, the, the physical strain that, and the discipline you go through, but it must be interesting being a fly on the wall, being around you, and moving between the two worlds of medicine and all the medical terms used and all the things you have to do inside a hospital. 
versus a locker room yeah. and all the terminology used for blocking schemes and dealing with the team and your your fellow linemen and sitting in meeting rooms and getting out on the field. It, it really, uh, you just have to switch your mindset, right? Yeah, I think, well, you, you can also see that, you can also tell that I have a little bit of an accent because my yes. first language is French. <laughs> so so guys guys keep, keep uh, teasing me saying that I speak one language and a half after four years, but uh, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm getting there. But no, honestly, like, uh, I feel like every year it's kind of a transition in, in terms of mindset, you know, because uh, cause you, you finish playing football where, like, all the spotlights are on you and you have a whole team that is there to, like, optimize your performance on the field and making sure that you're the best player you can be. And then a week later, you're, like, at the bottom of, like, the food chain of the medical world as a <laughs> medical student. And now, you know, you get a... You, you, you're part of that team now of, uh, that, that is there to optimize the care of the patient, you know, all the spotlight on, all, on the patient. And, uh, and, and that, that, that transition is always kind of, kind of uh, interesting for me, and, and it's probably the most challenging part for me every year in terms of balancing football and, and medicine. And that started on your first day in the NFL. I read somewhere that you, uh, on the day you were drafted, you helped an emergency C-section delivery? Is that, is that true? <laughs> yeah, I was actually doing my uh, pediatric rotation uh, the week before the draft. I was doing a NICU, which stands for Neo-Inventive Care Unit. And it's actually on the on the Friday, you know, so th- yeah. the, 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 there was maybe a chance that I was going to get drafted on the second <laughs> or third round. So so my agent, who's also my best friend, kind of like called me. He was like, where are you at? Like, the draft is just started starting. And I was like, well, I got to stay at the hospital. Like, there's a there's a delivery going on and, and, you know, I got to be there. And, and, uh, and I remember like giving my cell phone to the nurse and be like, if it's, if it's raining, <laughs> please just say yes. You know, <laughs> and, uh, walking into the yeah, OR, please say so yes. Uh, I'll, I'll come whatever team yeah, it is. Please say yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I uh, just one question about growing up in Montreal in terms of obviously this, not the same football passion as, as American cities. Did you think, realistically about playing in the NFL? Did you think medicine was your career? Did you think somehow you, you could do both down the line? My, my, my first couple of years at McGill uh, playing football, I think I was playing more just because I loved the sport and, and it was a way for me to kind of like, uh, you know, just stay active. And, and, and I think it's only my, my third year uh, at McGill that things started really to go well because I switched from D-line to O-line at that time. And, uh, and, and I started to have a little more attention. But I, honestly, I think it's only like the year before I got drafted that I really start like believing in my chance to make it to the NFL because uh, it's, it's not really a reality back home. You know, yeah. I, I think there's only like uh, 15 guys who ever got drafted from Canada and only a couple of them are from from my region in Montreal. So it's uh, it, it was kind of a long shot, but but at the same time, you know, the moment I commit commit to it, and I and I went to to see the the dean of medicine, and I was like, you know what, I want to take a couple of months off to see how good of a football player or how good of an athlete I can be by going to train in the states. You know, I committed a hundred percent to it, and and things went well from there. That's awesome. A couple more questions for you, and again. What a great story to uh, be the first active NFL player with a medical degree and doctor, <laughs> Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. Uh, I, 
I know. Uh, speaking of your football career, it's it's uh, you're well positioned there. You have a new contract as of 2017. But how about the medicine side? What do you look forward to while you're playing? And do you have a specialty you'd like to get into after you play? Well, now that I graduate, I can focus on on actually like what I want to do it with the with that MD. And and I think for me, like my my field of interest is really emergency medicine. Uh, I think there's a lot of similarity between playing football and and being in an emergency room mm-hmm. in terms of like not knowing what's going to step through the door, like the fast pace of the emergency department and the stress level and being able to like kind of like eliminate distraction in order to make the right decision. I think there's a lot of similarity with football. So that's that's what I want to do. Uh, when I'm going to do it, I think it's going to depend on, on what's possible. I'm going to probably apply for a residency program next January. Uh, so that's going to leave me like uh, six months to think about my different options. And, and see with also with McGill what's possible because I could also like potentially do it in the States. I could do it in Canada. Like there's a lot of options that I need to weigh in. And uh, so I, I'm going to be able to tell you a little more uh, in six months. <laughs> when you walk around the Chiefs the next few years, you're going to get a lot of shop talk, aren't you? Can you look at my shoulder? Can you look at my ankle? Why do I need the team doc? I got Laron right here. Well, has that happened already? I'm sure yeah. it has. Yeah. I mean, it does happen to some extent, but at the same time, you know, like everybody know when I'm in the locker room, I'm there to play football, you know, and I, I'm, and I think that's my number one job. And, and I would never try to like make a diagnosis or, or say something about an injury, you know, we, and so I, so I leave that to our docs who are, by the way, excellent. But, uh, I, I I don't think it's my place to to shine in terms of medicine. It's I need to be there to focus uh, focus hundred percent on football. And speaking of which, my last question: I saw in an article you and Andy Reid, who's got a little more pull than you do, are trying to get uh, MD after your name on the back of your jersey. Any update on that? And uh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a kind of idea that started like a couple of months ago, uh, more as a joke. Uh, we'll see where that's going to go. Honestly, uh, uh, with the rules being the rules, uh, I think it's going to be hard to make an uh, exception in that regard, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I saw you wear something. Was that a graduation, kind of a, a, a shirt that had the MD on it? Oh, yeah. Actually, the friends from the Faculty of Medicine back home gave me a white coat with Dr. DuVernay Tardif and 76 <laughs> in the back with the Chief Scholar. I thought it was a pretty cool gift. I'm for sure going to keep that one. And you had barely gotten your degree, and you were on your way back to Kansas City for OTAs, right? Did you have any time to celebrate? Yeah. Uh, I wish I would have, but, uh, you know, with OTAs uh, like that started a couple weeks ago, I, I needed to be back right after this morning we were actually training in Kansas city. So I flew right after OTA got here around midnight and, and was back on the, on the, on the training facility this morning. So it was a, a quick turnover, but I'll get my chance to celebrate in June. Trust me. <laughs> You're a great story. And this is something that, uh, I love bringing to people stories like this. I saw it. I smiled the newest and first active NFL player to become a doctor. Laron. DuVernay Tardif, new contract in the NFL, new medical degree. Life is good. Congratulations. <laughs> thanks a lot. I appreciate that. And thanks so much for being on the podcast. We'll talk again soon. My pleasure.
Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the podcast. What an impressive guy balancing medicine and football, two demanding roles, and he's done it so well for so long, including the, as he's talked about on draft day and going over the last eight years. So impressive. Glad he's got the contract. Glad he's continuing medicine. He's going to be a future yard doc. His way of balancing medicine and football is nothing short of dynamic, impressive, and awe-inspiring. If you want to have your questions answered, I'll do a uh, Ask Andrew episode coming up soon. 484-416-5654 is the number. 484-416-5654. I'll get to your question and answer it here on the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. Listen to the podcast. iTunes, give us a good rating if you will. Stitcher, tune in. RossTucker.com, wherever you hear your podcasts. And I'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Thanks for listening to The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.